in your face.
Lock and the preacher's daughter there, praise his name. And we have Dane on the line. Dane, welcome back to the show. It's been almost exactly two years since we last spoke. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. I just love that track. I've got to say, when I was listening to it just now, I just kept thinking of Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's a scary time in, in the world at the moment, isn't it? It must be so much fun, though, being in a gospel, satanic rock band. I mean, last time we spoke, we were locked down. But you guys have been doing so many great live shows. Yeah, we've had heaps on. We've done Dark Mofo recently. We went on tour up to Sydney and um, Canberra. and uh, Yeah, like lots of, lots of great um, shows happening and, and coming up, too. We've gone to Thrashville in, uh, in a couple of weeks. That's going to be really fun. Yeah, and you're also heading off to the uh, Winter Wild Festival at Apollo Bay later this month. I mean, you've just got that big band sound, you know, and you're so together. You must have so much fun on stage. Yeah, it's the best. I mean, like, we're all uh, really good friends and it's just like a big party. I love playing. It's the most fun I ever have. Yeah. Hey, hey, you were recently at the Goldfields Gothic Festival, which was like the perfect place for you guys. What was it like? Oh, it was awesome. Um, really um, beautiful little town, Malden, in um, uh, in uh, near near Castlemaine, and um, it's a it's a little heritage building town. Really old, um, beautiful buildings, and um, everyone was so friendly, and it was just like really good vibe. Uh, yeah, we had a great time. So what's happening on the songwriting front for you guys? Last time we chatted, you were so close to finishing an album. Yeah, well, I mean, lockdown uh, pushed that back. Everything's everything's very close. We're, we're so close to finishing the record, but it's still the same record that we're trying to finish. So, um, we had it pretty close. I think we had, I think two years ago, we had every all the principal recording done. But just getting it um, finished off has been a long, slow process. But um, we're almost there. It's um, it's going to come out in uh, in a couple of months, um, hopefully. Um, we're uh, just trying to get the mix finalized and then and then get it mastered and then yeah, just do the whole record pressing thing. And hopefully, in a, in two or three months, it'll it'll be finished finally. I mean, it's a big job for any band getting a record out, but you guys are how many members? Twelve. Wow. Yeah, lots of singers, lots of harmonies, lots of, um, uh, yeah, and then lots of little added on parts, you know, like guest accordion here and uh, uh, some some string parts there and, you know, there's lots of little things, chains and um, percussion bits and pieces to lay over the top and and the harmonies are really hard, you know, like eight-part harmonies. Um, nailing that is takes takes a long time. And um, uh, but we're all really happy with how it's how it's um, coming along and how it's turned out. And 
um, it's very close now. So it's really exciting. So where do you record all that? Because, I mean, just getting everybody together, but also getting all that equipment yeah. in there, like you must need a big space. Yeah, well, I, I have a, a bedroom that's a double garage that I've just uh, soundproofed, and this is where we practice, and this is where we've recorded a lot of the parts. But a lot of it gets recorded uh, separately, um, so, because with that many people in a room, it's kind of impossible to get a clean audio of anything. So we've been we we have done a few tracks live ish with with parts of the band, but mostly it's been um, separately tracked. Do you find that you kind of use very much a, a kind of you know consensus model for kind of you know getting to a point where you're happy with with each track? Like I imagine, you know, balancing the opinions of twelve people to be kind of you know in agreement that yeah, this record's done must be pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's it's not exactly um, everybody's input all the time, but you know, when we get Eric, Eric and I kind of. Uh, you know, talk about it. Uh, Eric's the the guitarist and and the producer of the album, um, so he kind of gets the mix to a point, and then the two of us talk about it, and then we kind of show it to the band, see if anybody has notes, and um, so we've got to get it to a kind of point before we can really open it up to to everybody's um, opinions. You know, otherwise, it's just it's, it'd just be chaos. <laughs> It must be kind of must have a real impact on your identity being in such a big band that's got such a cult following that's also about satanic gospel rock. I mean, that's pretty niche. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it's a pretty um it's a pretty awesome thing to be involved in. I really love um, having something with a really firm ideology to be able to. Um, you know, put all my efforts into and put, uh, you know, I'm really passionate about music, but having this um, uh, ideology that we can um, keep returning to that has a lot to do with all of these things that um, personally I am really passionate about and I know a lot of the band members are really passionate about, you know, um, gay rights and, um, uh, you know, just just freedom and uh, stopping the... Uh, religious authority kind of coming down over our secular, you know, government and our and our processes. That's what I love about Dame Blacklock and the Preacher's Daughter. There are so many queer currents running through it. Like, it really is, you know, a queer band, apart from being a satanic gospel rock band as well. And I love that. I love that intersection of, 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 of queerness and satanic rock and gospel. <laughs> Yeah, it's the um, it's the perfect cross section. <laughs> so, tell us a bit more about about the band's ideology. Well, I guess like um, it it came a lot from the um, the Satanic Temple observing um, their shenanigans over in the US um, years ago. Um, so they're a they're an organization that um, they're they're ideological. They're not us uh, theistic. So that means that they don't actually worship Satan as a deity. It's more like the way that, I guess, Buddhism doesn't have a deity, so to speak. It's just got, um, you know, a collection of ideologies and uh, practices. So um, Satanism comes from, in in my mind, it comes from the, the moment where Eve took the apple um, from Satan. And uh, that, that to, a, to a Christian um, 
mind, I guess, or audience is that that moment is uh, the downfall of mankind. You know, it's where we um, we went awry. And uh, to uh, within Satanism, I would say that that's the moment where we claimed um, freedom and we we uh, took agency for our own um, lives and and existences and decided to take knowledge and power for ourselves rather than being willing to live in ignorant bliss. And, uh, yeah, so, so the, the ideology of the band kind of like revolves around that, that moment, I guess, uh, as, as Satanism does. And, um, you know, uh, in, in every way possible, kind of trying to claim knowledge and freedom and power for ourselves rather than being willing to obey the status quo, uh, which in a lot of ways is, is very conservative, is influenced by really conservative religious laws from many thousands of years ago that, you know, don't really benefit us or apply to us anymore. And um, the world has changed so much since then, it doesn't make sense to be following these laws. And, you know, just uh, it just makes more sense for us to be, um, you know, claiming our own freedom, doing what we want to do rather than what we're told we should do, or uh, giving into the pressure of society telling us to live a certain way. You know, you must really feel like the times suit the band. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, especially in the last even year, there's just been crazy things happening in the US, and that always trickles down to Australia, I find. And um, it's just, I mean, it's it's been like this for a while but i think it's it's the um the the dying embers of of religion that become so much more you know as as it as it becomes it starts to slide into basically what it is sliding into is a minority population in the world and um getting further and further towards that place where, and and i think that that makes it um more uh violent or well definitely violent in certain situations but definitely like very um uh, fierce in in weakness i think and so there's these turning tides of of um you know public opinion and public interest in in certain laws and certain um practices changing uh so for abortion laws for example uh, uh anti-abortion laws are massively unpopular but there's just this very tiny population of very furious um, and uh, weakened religious uh, organizations and groups and, and lobbyists that are very loud and uh, seem capable of making real political change against the will of the majority of the people. And um, hopefully that's not going to happen in Australia. It, it doesn't seem to be happening in the same way that it's happening in in America, but it's it's terrifying. Absolutely, and they've really gerrymandered, you know, state legislatures in the US, like over in Ohio, for example. But you're right, we did see that public backlash with that um that constitutional amendment they tried to get up, where you know 60% of people would have to vote for a change uh, to the constitution of the state, and it was unsuccessful. And it was all about abortion, wasn't it? It was all about putting the 60% threshold in so that abortion wouldn't be enshrined in the state's constitution later this year when there's a vote. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's 
it's horrific. I just um, it, 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 the the democratic process has been hijacked by a bunch of psychos, basically. And yeah, and it's why it's so important to to fight against these things with art. You know, like I I don't know I don't understand politics well enough to wade into that uh, swamp, but I can um, stand on a stage and scream about it <laughs> and hopefully that'll make a difference and that must feel great and i mean just that energy in your live shows where it just builds and builds and builds and there's that showmanship that you put on as well like um it must be an incredible feeling when you're on stage oh it's amazing yeah i i love it i feel like it's just absolute freedom i feel like i used to get um anxious before i go on stage and uh I don't know, feel feel worried about what I was going to say and, um, you know, just how the show was going to go. And every every time we play at, a, at another venue that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm worried about the show happening or what, how it will go or what I'm going to say and then it all just kind of pours out um, really naturally and, and it's just the best fun. I'm just, I'm just having the time of my life up there. Do you find that this switch just goes on and this part of you comes out that's not part of your everyday kind of persona, but it just kind of emerges? Do you feel yourself kind of going through this physiological change on stage? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not roaming around the streets ranting <laughs> at people like I do on stage. That would be that would be horrible. Um, <laughs> so it's definitely like a kind of character. I mean, it is, it is, it is me to a certain extent, but I kind of... Um, yeah, something switches on in me and I and I become this other being and step into this like wild, uh, insane priest and um yeah, just like let that loose on the audience. And it's almost like I'm watching it, you know, from from away from myself and um seeing this seeing this character just set set loose. Wow, so you feel like you almost have this out of body experience watching yourself become a snake oil preacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, look, I've got to ask you something. Were you really once a lighthouse keeper? <laughs> no. no, I think that that was that came from a friend. A friend of mine worked on a. This was years ago. Uh, worked on a, 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 a street press, and uh, and and just told that story, made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Wrote an article about me, yeah. which kind of fits with the snake oil preacher kind of you know storyline, doesn't it? And the the Donald Trump parallels as well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Hey, look, you in America before. Um, have you ever thought about touring over there? I mean, I think that would be a real show. And when we first spoke, you said, "Look, you know, we've never had protests at any of our gigs, but you said you'd kind of like that to happen." Well, maybe if you went to the states, it would. Yeah, well, I would love to go to the States, to do a Bible Belt tour, really get people angry. That would be amazing. Because also there's the thing about the States is because there's so much, um, you know, fervent religiosity there. And, you know, um, there's there's violent conservatism and and the church and state really being um, mixed together. But there's also the other side of that, the, the really radically um, anti all of those things. The um, Satanic Temple that I was talking about before, they they have big numbers in the states and have big uh, chapters in in different states all around America, around the United States. And um, 
yeah, I would love to like hook up with them and see how we can get involved with um, uh, join forces, do some black masses together, and uh, they're just they're, the stuff that I've seen of theirs uh, online is, is um, these these great like political um, stunts that they pull. And um, I've just had so much admiration for that organization. I'd love to um, hook up with them over there and um, do some shows together or something. And yeah, and just and just journey through the states and see, uh, seeing seeing how how they would react to us. And I, I feel like we could get some protests. I feel like we could maybe get shot at too. You know, it's like it's a bit scary, but it would be it would be quite an adventure. I really want to try and do it. We've 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 been slowly kind of. Just, just edging into the, the the planning stages of trying to get a U.S. tour together. So, um, hopefully, maybe next year, maybe the year after. Wow! So it's really, it's really something that's bubbling along. It's really probably going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think so. It's it's like everything that we've we've done so far in the uh, getting further in the music industry. It's just like, uh, will this work? Will we get into this festival? I guess we just apply and then see if it works and. I guess we just, you know, uh, book this massive venue and see if we can fill it. Um, and it's just been kind of going really well. And surprisingly, I don't, I don't know. Like uh, I was, I was doing this for years, and um, just getting thirty of our friends in a room, and you know, getting maybe a couple of hundred bucks for it. And, and now it's just, it's really taken off, and it's, and we're filling rooms, and it's, it's just really exciting and surprising to me wow like after all those years that just must feel awesome and like you know hundreds of people turning up to your gigs you have a cult following yeah it feels like something's growing it's it's really exciting i've got to ask what's happening on the music video front well um there's uh there's one coming out soon it's a it's a um basically i built a tiny puppet theater and i built um Puppets of Jesus and Satan, and their uh, respective little backup choirs of singers, of little demons and little angels. So it's this ridiculous little um, theatric, theatrical world. It looks like a vaudeville theater, and then we uh, we filmed this um, puppet show. Of uh, it's basically this moment in in the Bible when Jesus and Satan meet in the desert. The the version of the Bible is uh, in in the Bible is that that Satan tempts Jesus, um, you know, to try and to to leave his faith, um, and you know, kind of do do what he wants and live live a life um, instead of sacrificing himself. And um, the way I kind of uh, uh, reimagined that moment was, you know, Jesus is is thirsty in the desert and he and and Satan kind of is, is going, Hey man, drink some water, you know? Like you you're kind of experiencing what it's like to be human right now, you know. And the experience of being human as ruled by God is like like a a thirsty human in the desert. A thirsty man in the desert is lusting after something that he's not allowed to have, you know. And that's basically the human experience under God. Is we have all these natural desires and all these natural things that we we want to have as natural as drinking water when you're thirsty. Um, 
sexual desires and 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 so many things that that we would want to do that are against the law of God, you know. So I guess that that music video and the song that goes along with it, it's going to be the next single that comes out um, when we uh, on the 28th of August. Uh, sorry, on the 28th of October. Um, uh, yeah, that song and that video tell tell this story of basically Satan trying to explain to Jesus, like, look, you're experiencing exactly what hum- humanity is experiencing under the rule of God, and you should embrace that experience and you should understand what that is and you should take a drink of water and Jesus just refuses and refuses and um yeah that's that's basically the whole video and the whole but it's um it's it's gonna be great I'm really excited I've been working on that video for a couple of years so I'm really happy to get it out and your videos are incredibly colorful and visual and and uh wow it sounds like quite a story that you're telling in the video um just fantastic Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I love, I love film work. I've, I, I was doing film work for a long time and I, I didn't really do it as much because I'm concentrating on music, but when we do the music videos, it's really a chance for me to, um, get back into that, um, that field again. Well, you've got a gig coming up real soon. You're playing at the Winter Wild Festival uh, in Apollo Bay, and you're doing that on the 26th of August at the Apollo Bay Mechanics Institute Hall at 8 o'clock with Spores and Melt. Dane Blacklock from Dane Blacklock and the Preacher's Daughter. It has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today on 3CR. Pleasure to chat with you too. Thank you so much for having me. And here's your wonderful track, Lilith. Thank you so much.
Dane Blacklock and the Preacher's Daughter there. Lilith, up real soon. Flip that groove. But in the meantime, here's their track, Love Your Body, Take Control, a collaboration with Cloudy Will.
everybody take control by Paulie Field, a.k.a. Flip That Groove, and they join me in the studio. Welcome to 3CR. Thank you, James. It's a pleasure to be here today. You've got a big history with this radio station. I have a bit of a history, yeah. Yeah, they've been very kind to me and my music over the years, and um, they've they played me when a lot of other Australian music industry radios haven't. So I love this station. Yeah, I mean, we're a big supporter of Australian music. And I mean, you know, dance techno funk is such a great rhythm. You must just love doing that genre. I love that genre. I love combining and fusing, you know, beats and tunes and, and genres and samples just to, just to build my own picture. And that's kind of what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's it like being a songwriter in that genre? I mean, yeah, like what's your, what's your formula? I'm still learning. I'm learning as I go. I've been learning this this whole music bit for years now, and and just m- my processes is I, I start with drum beats and loops, and I, I bring them in, and and I'm I'm quite happy to bring in like a a northern soul or Motown snare drum, and then I, I'll bring in a little bit of Middle Eastern sort of uh, drum te- tech to try to link up some of the bits of the song, and and that's my start of my process in 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 my sound you know if people want to identify it as dance techno hip-hop I, I i'm happy for it to be what it is you've spent a lot of time in the uk tell us about that um i went over there as a teenager and i grew up and i was exposed to a lot of uh, sort of variety of music from punk hard punk um sort of well, Northern Soul, a sort of dance music and the, the new wave that came after that, you know, leading into great bands like Bronsky Beat and Sade and things like that, all those really great artists. I, I absorbed all that when I was there before I bailed out and came back home. And the politics of those eras when those bands were like, you know, happening in the in the 80s was kind of like, you know, it was so repressive with Thatcher, but it was just like, you know, a breeding ground for such music creativity. Yeah, and, and artists and music, they got a big voice to play in that and, and to, to be a voice for, for some of those sort of political waves that were coming over. And, and I really enjoyed listening to that on some of the, you know, the smaller radio stations that I was only, the only way I could access music uh, was listening in and tuning in to some of those sounds uh, and sort of and capturing some of those moments. So there, was a, there was a lot of bad energy, but a lot of positive stuff came out of it creatively with those artists of the day. And, and that's still resonating today. And, and we as artists are, are taking the next wave of, of being, you know, creative and having a voice for those people. Because it was the birth of electronic music. And I remember back then, you know, like computer-generated music was given a lot of kind of, you know, flack, wasn't it? It wasn't seen as real music. But in actual fact, now it's like, you know, it's seen as a genius. Of course, we reflect back on Depeche Mode and some of those other bands and they were geniuses and... uh uh, and and, and we, they, they went with the technology that was evolving of the time. And it was such a great era for, you know, burgeoning kind of, you know, queer music as well with Bronsky Beat. Yeah. Um, you know, right. there's a certain ambiguity about Depeche Mode. No one's yeah. really quite sure what yeah. their kind of, you know, identity is around that. Mm. But they're kind of, you know, certainly allies. Um, but, you know, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Yeah, Frankie was great. He burst on the scene. Them, them dance tunes were going off and... You know, that uh, eclectic nature of what he did or what they did as a band, it was phenomenal. It was amazing. Still today, you know, I love putting them tracks on. 
So tell us about, like, you know, how you kind of, um, I guess, you know, record. Like, what's your process for recording? Uh, I, I start off on my own, and I, as I said before, I, I, I start tuning into some of the beats and sounds in the in the in the equipment that I've got and I bring that in and I, I start to fuse and mix some of those things. I do love reggae and ska as well, so I get some of those jumpy, bumpy sort of noises as well and I bring them into it and uh, and, and I do it very quickly um, and, and I, tr- I try not to overthink it. And, uh, and then as I bring it in and I bring some of the, like I said, some of the Middle Eastern sounds, drop them in, lay down those those big noises and then I'm starting picking up the bass and I, I'll bring in the bass. Years ago I was only ever allowed as a bass player to have one track in a recording but now I'm in charge so I, I've got four bass tracks going. I've got ascending, descending, arpeggios, one notes and effects pedals. I, I'm loving it as a bass player now in control of my own sort of bass noise. So it's a big bass sound for me. And that's one of the pluses of the era we're living in, that, you know, people are able to do it themselves, you know. There's there's much more space to be an independent artist yeah. doing independent kind of solo work without yeah. anybody telling you what to do. Of course, affordability is everything, you know, and, and we don't have to monetize it. We don't need a return on the investment. We can just be artists and just paint that or that audio picture and release it out there without having a huge you know, economy behind us or be signed and restricted by a label or a PR company telling us how, what and when. We can just do it. Your songwriting process and recording process sounds very intuitive. Yeah, it is. And then I guess I take that out there as a a music sort of creator. uh, I'm not a producer. I create that and I try to find people with the similar mindset and who want to be just as creative and, I, and I, I kind of connect with those people like I have done recently with uh, the Madame Nightingale and Cloudy Will and a few others and and bring their energy into it and boom, sparks are flying and, and it's a really wonderful experience for me as a music creator to, to be able to release music with these other collaborators because it's, it's, it's the collaboration I like. It's that energy of the, you know, that the other people that I really kind of get off on, you know, and it's it's sort of erotic to me in the sense that I've created music that you can kind of do so much to and with, with some other people and amazing people too. And I can tell that you absolutely love the collaboration with Cloudy yeah, Will on Love Your yeah. Body, Take Control. Um, so what's the backstory to how you guys got together on that track? Well, I, I was going to... Uh, Madame Nightingale's um, video release night and I was sort of there supporting her. You know, we've been been friends for a while and made music and I was fi- filming and taking photos and I met Cloudy Will supporting that event. And um, This is quite recently. Yeah, yeah, just recently, yeah. I, I moved pretty fast. I'm quick, quick operator. And I was watching the first song and I was kind of getting a feel of it and then... Boom, she came on, an incredible performer. I had to put the camera down and watch her performance and I was I was blown away by her performance. It was it was erotic, sexual, it was it was everything that was just flying off the stage and I I went up quietly and asked her I said that was fabulous, the best thing I've seen in years. 
and um, we had a chat and a connection and I had some studio time booked in the big studio to do some work already scheduled and I invited her to come along and have a play in the big studio and she, she said yes and that's where this last release has come from. It was up and out in two weeks after that, three weeks after that, bang. Wow, that is so quick. But that's kind of how records used to be made in the yeah. 60s and 70s, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly right. They used to go in. They had studio time, book, bang, finish, out you go. And they press and do the labels and off they go in vinyl. I don't do vinyl. I, vinyl's not me. I'm a digital artist. So I can get it out there. I can get it out there off some of the str- on the, some of the streams in seven days from recording to writing, recording, bang, seven days. I like fast, rapid fire kind of creativity that's what I'm about yeah and that means you can really go with what's happening emotionally but yeah. also with what you know kind of opportunities and, and connections yeah you know come yeah. your way and process Bang. stuff that is really that is really it's beyond empowering it's a really practical skill to have as well it is and I don't mind mistakes when I do that I don't I don't hide mistakes I don't I allow them to exist there organically and and I listen back and reflect and I might think yeah I'd do that better but I like it to release it and it's out in the universe on its own energy and that's what I like about that so yeah and you know there's got to be that spontaneity and there's got to be that kind of you know that kind of free-flowing sound that goes with creating something in the moment you know a bit like live radio yeah exactly right it is that energy you get off on that energy of live radio or or live live performance and live art in itself and street art as well and street performers I love all that stuff I'm out there walking photographing and filming just street art because I get off that energy and it's that immediacy that I like. So your output must be really prolific. It, it has been this last two years. It's been huge as a music uh, sort of kind of creator. It's been probably 60 songs in 18 months. 60 songs? Yeah. That's with, huge. With seven collaborators under three music artistic identities that I work under. That's extraordinary. It is what it is. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ready to go again. So, um, but I'm not holding back. It's out in the universe. We live once. I'm putting it out there. And do you find that the projects that you're working on are kind of, you know, diverse? Like, you mean, Lost Dogs of Ultimo? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm the Ultimo dog. So tell us about that. Tell us about that project. That started, that started the whole thing, right? And I wanted to... In 22, coming out of, um, obviously, the COVID times, I was out walking the streets of Collingwood, Smith Street and Fitzroy and taking some back lane photos of graffiti art and artists and just the culture of the streets that here and the energy. And I was going back to my studio and I was putting the photographs and videos together and I've got to put some soundtracks. I need sound. So I created the sounds and I would just release these little reels and videos and, and just capturing that energy coming out of this, that place. And, and I just wanted to build from that. And then I went, you know what, I'm, I'm going to release one a week. So I re- wanted to release 52 tracks in 22. And that's where a lot of that bulk of that came from. And I, I got to 51. I got sick by COVID myself, which shut that one week down. So... But it's still an extraordinary, you know, yeah. prolificness. Yeah. So you, you've been kind of like that for a couple of years. Was it was it was it the COVID lockdown that kind of brought that on? Like what what's I kind was, of evoked all that? Well, I was experimenting and I was working at home and kind of a little bit restricted in you know the the lockdown mentality and I was trying to developing 
sort of soundscapes and songs and soundtracks because that's what I, my whole project has been about with the three artist profiles is I say I hear them as soundtracks to life to life in general and themes that we live on in life like mental health and you know just sexuality and diversity and you know identity for from young people right through to the age that are you know sort of touch poor and tactile poor and and I wanted to tell the stories through my music and and through some of the not just the lyrical content because I do a lot of instrumentals but just the energy of the song and the beats and and the sort of noise I was creating if people get it it's great I love it if they do but I'm just still gonna do it so you've got three music identities flip that groove lost dogs of Ultima and what's the third that's the angry me that's the crush puppets that's when I kick down doors and knock down walls and that's when I I I have a little crack at people that are things and institutions that piss me off okay so I've written songs about Donald Trump Okay, I apologise to anyone who like him. Uh, Trump's a donkey, and that was the title, the last release. I talked about institutionalised abuse with the, and once again, apologise, the Catholic Church. George Pell, I wrote a song, Pell, This Is Not A Love Song, that's the Crush Puppets. I released that on the day he was buried. I was on my way to Sydney at the time to do a little busking release, but I was sort of encouraged to back off because I wouldn't get near the event, so... um, okay um and mental health you know mental health is everywhere and we need to talk about it and i talk about in a positive way alternative function was a song about mental health i collaborated with another great guy i know up in um the peninsula where i um i come from so the crush puppets are kind of punk it's punk it's hardcore in your face a bit like the Sex Pistols. Like yeah. In your face. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Sex Pistols. And it's got that genre, you know. I, I was in England and I like all that stuff as well as I like I'm diverse and I like all the dance hip-hop as well. Um, so they're my three artist outlets. So, But, you know, I'm really enjoying what I'm creating, collaborating with Flip That Groove. It's a real energy for me now. It's, it's music that you can cook to, you can dance to, and you can fuck to, and that's Flip That Groove. Yeah, and it's really great for, like, the dance floor, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it like is, it's, yeah. It's, I, I imagine yeah. I, could really, I could really see, you know, people getting into it on the dance floor. Um, but, you know, after partying, before partying, yeah. um, and, yeah, just when you do the dishes or cooking. Yeah, that's me. That's what I do. I, I, I put music on and I do all that stuff. Not my own, I put others, and I'm absorbing music and sounds and I'm I'm music's everywhere in my life and that's what I do and I and, and I do all those things with music. <laughs> so it sounds like you make the music that you want to listen to. I do, but I lo and you can hear other influences in my music and I, I celebrate my influences in my music, Depeche Mode, you know, and and Bronsky Beat and, and the Pistols and, and some of those other bands from my those genres and eras. That's there, that's in all those music and that's my my influences in my journey in this life and and maybe maybe somewhere I'm going to influence someone else to stand up and be a voice to themselves and that's what I I hope that happens one day. Do you think the late 70s and early 80s in the UK were kind of like a high watermark for 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 music creativity and production in the UK? Yeah, yeah, did it allow people to do it yourself? And people do it, you know, that's what that those sort of mu- those music sort of bursts onto the scene. Especially with the new romantic era, it was oh, very much yeah, like, you yeah. know. Yeah, even Duran Duran and, you know, the, you know, all the. 
and labels and that. labels were grabbing people out of out of clubs and basically were, giving yeah. them contracts yeah. without them necessarily even knowing how to play instruments. I know yeah, that's exactly right. They they sometimes they looked at image and what they could do, and Malcolm McLaren was all about that too, and and that they just created an energy and an image, and and some of them learnt on the job and learnt there and then and. And that's good, and they're still. Some of them are still being creative now, and that's good. It and gave them an opportunity. And you've never sold out from your music principles. That's what I love about your work. You know, you've thank you. I appreciate you've, that. You've never sold out, and you've what no. you've done is you've just. I wouldn't say yeah, doubled down, but also just built on that accumulated knowledge and skill over yeah. over decades. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think right. I think that's why you're flourishing because yeah. it's kind of you know it's taken a long time to get to that point, and now yeah. it's just like going whoosh. Yeah, you've that's really kind. That's lovely of you to say that. Yeah, it is, and it's been a long journey. You know, I have been in bands, and I've been on four other labels, and. Uh, you know, and I've toured with bands, and I've played as a as a musician in bands and other artists, and I've done that stuff. And 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 this is the the me, the real me, being me, and allowing other artists to be themselves rather than and explore their own artistic outlet. And that's what I'm trying and hopefully encouraging other people to do with with my journey and and the project. It's a project, you know, and it's this everyone's project that's involved with me. I'd love to hear a, 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 a Flip That Groove remix or collaboration with Madame Nightingale. I think you know her vocals <laughs> uh, and their tunes and you doing the production and coming up with new stuff with them could be really, really amazing dance techno funk. Yeah, it probably would. It would do, yeah. That would be lovely. I would love that opportunity. Anything in the pipeline there? No, there's always something in the pipeline with us both. Um, um but yeah, look, we're we're all we're constantly evolving, and and we are writing and doing things sort of on the side and coming together at different times when we're both available. She's very busy doing her fringes and travelling interstate, and and I, I love watching that happen as well. So, what are you writing at the moment? What's the latest song you've been working on? Oh well, I'm working on a sort of a a little kind of classical piece um, with just a very stripped back keyboard and a cello. And a cello, it's, yeah, it's a cello, beautiful. and it's, I know it is beautiful. It's it it was kind of instrumentalist, uh, but uh, we're trying to adding a little vocal. I'm very minimal on vocals on lyrical content, but vocal noises I like to bring those noises in. But uh, I would that's where I'm at. A little bit, it's a little bit of quirky classical, but I'm just. I'm probably a week away from tweak, maybe a little bit longer than tweaking it, getting the right dynamic. It's a little different. Wow. I put a little reel up that's highlighted it on the Instagram page where you you may see if you wanted to have a look, if you was interested out there. Well, Flip That Groove is an amazing, amazing act, as are the Crush Puppets and Lost Dogs of Ultimo. And people can hear you on Bandcamp. Bandcamp, yes, and any other little streaming service you like to tune into. But Bandcamp is the best to support all independent artists. Paulie Field, a.k.a. Flip That Groove, thank you so much for joining us today on 3CR. Thank you. So he's leaving the light 
Jonas Knight and the Pips there. And we'll catch you next week on In Your Face. In Your Face would like to thank Thorn Harbour Health for their sponsorship of this program. Thorn Harbour Health envisions a healthy future for our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities. A future without HIV and a future where all people live with dignity and respect. To find out more, search Thorn Harbour Health on your search engine or Facebook.